This is day five of this November 2019 seven-day session. We'll resume reading from the teachings of the uh, 12th century Chinese Zen master Da Wei from the book titled Swampland Flowers, The Letters and Lectures of Zen Master Da Wei. This is uh, picking up where we left off yesterday in a in a letter he wrote to a Chang Yang Shu. He says, "When you see it as it really is, practice according to reality and ac- and act according to reality. Then you can manifest the Jewel King's realm on the tip of a hair, and turn the wheel of the Great Dharma while sitting." within an atom of dust. Then creating all things or destroying all things is entirely up to oneself. Like a strong man flexing his arm, you don't depend on the strength of others. Like a lion strolling along, you won't seek companions. Let's just stop there. You don't need companions. Uh, you're completely self-reliant, uh, contained within yourself. You don't depend on the strength of others. Every one of us has plenty of strength. And it's not the strength of someone flexing his arm. It's the strength of of endurance and resilience. Adaptability is the ultimate strength. The ultimate intelligence to be able to adapt to circumstances and to conditions. We, we have this ability if we don't um, muck things up with our thoughts just allow ourselves to move along like clouds in water. He continues, When all sorts of states of surpassing wonder appear before you, you won't marvel at them. When all sorts of states of evil deeds appear before you, you won't fear them. In the conduct of your daily activities, you will be abandoned and expansive, free and independent wherever you go. These uh, states of surpassing wonder that uh, he says you won't marvel at, you can see these as makyo, also as, as dreams or visions of one kind or another. Uh, appearing during Zazen or not. won't marvel at them. We won't, we won't become uh, beguiled by them. We won't be bewitched by them. But see them for what they are, just passing phenomena, mental phenomena, moving through. And the, this uh, all sorts of states of evil deeds appear here before you, you won't fear them. I th- 
sounds well what come what this brings up for me is uh dreams during session or right after session uh, it seems that uh we have a lot of uh unconscious material scooped out when we do this much sitting day after day and some of that stuff is not too pretty I remember having plenty of uh, dreams of violence during session or right after violence or depraved things and uh made the mistake early on of thinking oh my god what does this say about me what what kind of person am i uh well no person because there's no person in here it's it's just old uh debris from who knows where and it's nothing to be alarmed at i mention this because it can be alarming uh, i've talked to people in doksan about this sometimes it's just uh just a flushing process sashin is 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 just that stuff coming up that we didn't know was down there yeah let it go don't draw conclusions from it but your character I suppose you could say it's from past lifetimes but no one has to believe in that Here's another letter, very short letter. Maybe it's just an extract, uh, apparently to a uh, military man, a commander Chang Yishu. In the conduct of their daily activities, sentient beings have no illumination. Remember, in these Chinese texts, whenever a, a phrase is translated as sentient beings, it means the unenlightened. In the conduct of their daily activities, sentient beings have low illumination. If you go along with their ignorance, they're happy. If you oppose their ignorance, they become vexed. Buddhas and bodhisattvas are not this way. They make use of ignorance, considering this the business of Buddhas. Since sentient beings make ignorance their home, to go against it amounts to breaking up their home going with it is adapting to where they're at to influence and guide them so this is um uh, he lays this out in pretty vague terms but um i'm going to venture one interpretation of this so if you go along with the ignorance of ordinary people who have no awareness of what is might be might be beyond the self and its cravings and greed anger and delusion if you go along with their ignorance they're happy so let's think of some ignorance uh let's say um you're with someone you run into someone uh at a i don't know farmers market or or uh, somewhere and and they uh, have to be 
um, griping about immigrants or griping about women or griping about whatever, um, naturally we don't want to endorse any kind of disparaging, hateful uh, speech. Um, so hardly want to join with them. In fact, there'd be good, uh, good cause to point out, uh, try to educate them some, but then you would lose them. Uh, then suddenly you'd be the enemy, the other. So maybe what he's saying is is some way uh, short of that kind of, uh, of uh, antagonistic speech, ignorant, that kind of ignorant speech, well, there's a way that you might be able to skillfully, and this is, this is about skillful means, uh, skillfully not just turn on them, but somehow um, be noncommittal in a way where they might then trust you. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Uh, and then, then one could have some influence on the person. Because especially, especially these days, uh, people are so ready to, to label someone who's not in agreement with them as of another tribe, the other, another uh, group. So if one could somehow not um, oppose what, what, what someone is saying, uh, maybe that's what he means. I don't know. It's very hard to understand how you, how you uh, uh, not oppose their ignorance when it's such those kind of examples. Sometimes challenging people, uh, really, you just lose them right away. Since sentient beings make ignorance their home, to go against it amounts to breaking up their home. Maybe it's maybe I'm being too, uh, I don't know, political in this interpretation. Maybe it's more uh, that they are saying something that is just shows real little, really no understanding of the way things really are and uh, maybe in terms of religion. Uh, God uh, punishes such and such a group of people. Uh, I don't know. But the point is going going with it, going with the ignorance, whatever that means, uh, is, it, is adapting to where they are to influence and guide them. Uh, Roshi Kaplow um, once or twice said, sometimes you have to give people what they want in order for them to want what you have to give them.
or as uh, Zen Master Mumon wrote in the in the Mumon Khan, one of the verses: If you meet an unpoetical man, don't offer him a poem. In any case, the last thing you want to do is try to preach the Dharma if the person has no real interest in it. Rather than, rather than preaching, I'm using that word facetiously, this is a, a word that you encounter more in Southeast Asian Buddhism, preaching. Um, rather than doing that, to, we want to be the Dharma. We want to, sh- to, to embody the qualities of of uh, fluidity and patience, ethics. This is a way to influence others. The letter... There's another letter. A monk, he he quotes uh, this famous case. A monk asks Zhao Zhou, does a dog have Buddha nature? Zhao Zhou said, Mu. And then, Dawei, just bring up this saying. When all your machinations suddenly come to an end, then you'll awaken. Let's pause there. Your machinations, your um, convoluted um, ideas about what is what, uh, even your concerns about Strategy. Uh, it's too complicated. Machinations, uh, analytical thinking, thinking about the koan rather than just merging with the koan, thinking about one's practice, it's just more thoughts and how to uh, finesse the koan so you, you get into it more. Uh, there, there's a passage by Rumi, the, uh, the Sufi, uh, Sufi Zen-like master, who said, you think that with a little contrivance this can be yours, but only death to contrivance will do it. I remember in, in getting increasingly frustrated with Mu and uh, in somehow cooking up some kind of way of... just a, It's just a conceptual thing about how to maneuver Mu or do this or that. or do, If I do this, then that'll happen. And it's contrivance. It's, it's way too complicated. It's just Mu.
is a place for uh, method in practice. Of course, we, we talk about this posture and ways of working with a practice, a koan or breath. Is we have to know sort of what we're doing, but it comes a point where it's it's more a matter of just pure devotion to the practice and not trying to outsmart it or, or find your way around it. We can uh, get into all kinds of imaginary things that seem to be so real. Uh, I remember getting into some images of how if I can just kind of give move a little shove over here then if I can this circle around there and then just make my entrance oh no, just move more thoroughly all that is just bringing one's delusive thoughts to the practice He continues, after he says, when all your machinations suddenly come to an end, then you'll awaken. Don't seek to draw realization from the words or try in your confusion to assess and explain. Even if you could explain clearly and speak to the point, this would all be phantom plans. If your feelings of doubt are not smashed, that is, questioning, birth and death, go on. If your feelings of doubt are smashed, then the mind of birth and death is cut off. When the mind of birth and death is cut off, views of Buddha and Dharma perish. With views even of Buddha and Dharma gone, how could you go on to create any views of the enlightened and the unenlightened afflictions and so forth? Just take your confused, unhappy mind and shift it onto Mu. Once you hold it there, then the mind that fears birth and death, the mind that's confused and unhappy, the mind which thinks and discriminates, the mind that acts intelligent, will naturally no longer operate. When you become aware that it's not operating, don't be afraid of falling into emptiness. Suddenly, in holding firm the mind to the koan, the scene is cut off for an entire lifetime of unexcelled joy and happiness. This phrase, the mind that acts intelligent, will no will naturally no longer operate. It means as a as a pose, as a affectation. Our intelligence operates better than ever when we do some house cleaning, free ourselves from the impingements of excessive conceptualization. 
It's, it brings clarity to the mind, incisiveness, sureness. Just remembering uh, Roshi once talking about uh, seeing um, um, some uh, women practitioners in Japan um, going at it with some Buddhist scholars and how they got the better of those scholars uh, just through this incisiveness and uh, clarity of mind without, without the Without the training in, uh, in academics, they still could poke holes in what these uh, scholars were arguing very lightly, simply. letter, he begins by quoting uh, Zen master Ganto, or he's Chinese, so his Chinese name was uh, Yantao. In the future, if you want to propagate the great teaching, it must flow out point by point from within your own breast to cover heaven and earth. Only then will it be the action of one of power. must flow out from within your own breast to cover heaven and earth. He's talking again about no-mindedly expressing oneself, bringing forth this true self, speaking, moving, one way or another presenting this realm of no-mind. And then, and then Dawei comments, not only did these words of Ganto bring to light Shui Feng's basic capacity, I think that's a convoluted way of saying bring him to awakening, but also they should serve for 10,000 generations as a standard for those who follow the path. That which flows out from one's own breast, as he calls it, is one's own beginningless present awareness, fundamentally complete of itself. As soon as you arouse a second thought, you fall into comparative awareness. Comparative awareness is something gained from external refinements. Present awareness is something from before your parents were born, something from the other side of the primordial Buddha. Power gained within present awareness is strong. Power gained from comparative awareness is weak. Comparative, maybe this is what uh, uh, Sung San was referring to in the Affirming Faith in Mind, where he says, not two, not two. 
Dawei continues, with strong power one can enter both enlightenment and delusion. If one's power is weak, however, he can enter the realm of enlightenment, but in the realm of delusion he always beats the drum of retreat. Such people are countless. We'll go back here, and this is important. Uh, important point here. It's famous words um, that he's these of uh, Ganto that Dawei is quoting. The I just spotted a footnote here. Present awareness means the immediate, direct apprehension of the real nature of things, without affixing names and categories, without assessment, without giving rise to discrimination, without holding to them as external, according to the consciousness-only treatise. The actions of the Buddhas are entirely present awareness, And then the footnote continues, uh, Yun Chao explains, turning against present awareness, you lose the essence of your own mind. Pursuing comparative and wrong awareness, you falsely recognize external sense objects. That is, you see things as apart from you. All day long you use mind to grasp mind use illusion to take illusion as an object. I think Hakuin maybe got more, even more to the point in a calligraphy that he did uh, that, that uh, we saw some of us uh, on staff, this was a long time ago, maybe 20 years, 25 years ago, we heard about an exhibition of Hakuin's paintings uh, and calligraphy at... Uh, a museum in Cornell, in Ithaca, and we drove down there in a couple of cars, and oh, what a, what a, was it worth it to see these paintings and calligraphy of Hakuin? The one that I remember most um, was uh, titled virtue, and it consisted of two characters. This is Hakuin's calligraphy. Two characters, and the the little explanation there on the wall next to the, uh, next to the scroll was the two characters are honesty and heart. <sighs> virtue, honesty and heart. Now, one of the meanings of virtue, we think of it as being good, but another meaning, and more, I think, more in the, in the Asian, the Japanese meaning, uh, is effective force or power. I love the way these are, these come together. It's through these two meanings of virtue. It is through uh, acting, responding in accordance 
with the precepts, our, our, our true nature, that we have this effective force and power. Honesty and heart. Heart, um, probably, it, it is, uh, in, in Japanese, is kokoro, which, which means uh, really heart-mind, uh, our, our true mind. Not the intellect, and not just rom- the romantic notion of heart. Heart as our true self, honesty. That's our true self. This also points to how we deny our our true self when we resort to uh, lying uh, or um, trying to manipulate people to our advantage. There's no room for that in this virtue that Hakuin painted. It's just present awareness. Letting this great teaching flow from within our own breast to cover heaven and earth. Only then will it be the action of one of power. Not through scheming and deception, duplicity. It's a very encour- it should be very encouraging. We don't have to figure anything out with this practice. We just have to Merge with this mind of non-discrimination, what this means, the practice. Trust the practice. Pour oneself into the practice. It's simple. It's not complicated. Dawei continues and finishes up in this letter. This affair is not a matter of intelligence or acuity, nor does it lie in dull faculties and shallow understanding. In other words, you don't have to dumb down to do this, uh, this affair. He says, actually, it's just an abrupt bursting out that's required. As soon as you've attained this scene, then whatever words and phrases you have, they're not established apart from the real. That is, the word, these words are um, spoken no-mindedly, live words. They're not something to reject. When, when where they're established is real, this is the so-called flowing out from within one's own breast to cover heaven and earth. It's just like this. It's not making up sayings, looking for something extraordinary so other people will be speechless and consider your beautiful thoughts and flowery speech and pointed new ideas as, quote, flowing out from your breast. It seems to have been a a real problem 
uh, for many, many years in, uh, in Chan, Chinese Zen, that the monks would spend their time memorizing uh, koans and uh, sayings of the, the sages, and then they would, uh, would go about uh, showing off what they've memorized. This is very much, this was uh, very much part of the Confucian ethos, was rote memory, memorizing the words of the, the, the predecessors, the classics of literature, memorizing and then regurgitating these. And uh, it seems that the Chinese monks were, were very much at risk in doing this. They so would sometimes feel that was the work, the work they had to do. And uh, not only this Da Wei we're reading from, but other Chinese masters, you hear enough of their warnings about this. It's not just picking up sayings, memorizing sayings to impress people with your memory. In the koans, it's seeing the, the spirit behind the words, the mind coming into into harmony with the mind of these masters. He continues this. You see this theme continued in the next letter. He writes to a Tsang Tianyu, constantly calculating and making plans, flowing along with birth and death, becoming afraid and agitated. All these are sentiments of discriminating consciousness. Yet people studying the path these days do not recognize this disease and just appear and disappear in its midst. In the teachings, it's called acting according to discriminating consciousness, not according to wisdom. Thereby, they obscure the scenery of the fundamental ground, their original face. People do this even in Seshin. Uh, I'm sure way more than they uh, admit to me in Doksan or, or after Seshin, I'm more often... I'm more likely to hear it after Sashin about some fool who was working on a song entertainment skit in Sashin or just concocting comical things in their mind. What a waste of time. Or laying plans for after Sashin or one's future. Okay, it can be tempting in, in, in the clarity when one reaches the, this depth and clarity of mind uh, to revisit uh, maybe difficult decisions, one ha- one a decision that's coming up, or these big things about career or marriage or whatever. But it's uh, it's such a such a betrayal of one's true nature, of one's um, true mind to indulge in these things. Okay, we can catch ourselves doing that from time to time, but not to go on and on willingly 
using time to to work things out in the future. Time to time, it can, it can help just to ask yourself, what do you want? What did you come to Sashin for? What are you doing here? What do you really want? another one, uh, another extract from a letter. Dawei writes, he starts with, again, with a quotation, an ancient worthy had a saying, just accept the Dharma willingly, you certainly won't be deceived. And then Dawei continues, you yourself probably cannot believe this fully. If you are taken over by external objects in your daily activities as you respond to circumstances, you won't be able to meditate with consistency. Thus, interruptions occur, and during these breaks, you won't avoid confusion and agitation in your heart. Yet this is a good time. It was this principle when Buddha said, I dwell in all times without without arouse, arousing false thoughts and without putting a stop to all the false states of mind. Staying in the realms of false thought, I don't apply comprehension. This gets too complicated. The point is, we want to neither dwell in our thoughts when they're not necessary and nor do we want to try to expel them. Big mistake, fighting our thoughts. Again, he warns, if you are taken over by external objects in your daily activities... You won't be able to meditate with consistency. And the converse is true. If you meditate with consistency, if you sit every day, you're less likely to be taken over by external objects in your daily activities. Less likely to get lost in the turmoil of work and family. All right, we'll stop now and recite the four vows. Liberate 
endless blind methods I bowed above brute Dharma gates beyond measure I bowed to penetrate the great way of Buddha I vow to attain all beings without number I vow to liberate endless blind passions I vow to uproot Dharma gates beyond measure I vow to penetrate the great way of Buddha I vow to attain all beings without number I vow to liberate endless blind passions I vow to uproot Dharma gaze beyond measure I vow to penetrate the great way of Buddha I bow to attain.